Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome, everybody, to another wonderful episode of IG2G. I am one of your beautiful hosts. With me, as always, is the illustrious, mysterious Mr. Matt. And today, we're going to be talking about gods and their children. We're going to be talking about Eastern worlds with all sorts of fantastic adventures. We're going to be talking about guys throwing bombs and all sorts of other weird, random stuff. So you know what? If any of that sounds fun, stay tuned, because we got some goodsies for you. Top 5 Releases First up this episode, dropping on the 10th of April for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, we got a game called Extinction. Now, if you like Attack on Titan, if you like Sword of Shadow of the Colossus, you're probably going to like this game. Developed by Iron Galaxy Studios and published by Maximum Games, this is a game all about, you know, you're in the far-flung future and the human race is on the verge of extinction because there's these giant things, like giant ogres that are trash into place and just running all around and killing all the humans and you are a person who's going to fight those giant ogres now the basis of the game is you kind of work from like normal size ogres to mid-sized ogres to really huge ones so from what i've seen this the sense of scale on the really big ones is really impressive and it works really well so like i said it's kind of an attack on titan or a shadow of the colossus vibe but a little less complex than shadow of the colossus some of these ogres have armor on you got to attack it in certain ways you got to climb up their bodies and you got to cut their heads off and that's what you're going to be doing throughout most of this game i've heard it's really fast paced and the videos i've seen it looks pretty fast paced too and it's got about a 12-hour story mode, I believe. So that's kind of impressive. I've been hearing some, you know, not-so-great reviews about it. But if you want to fight giant things, this is another cool way to fight giant things. The art style's a little cartoony. The action's pretty fast-paced. So if you want to kill giant ogres and get that really big sense of scale going and have big, impressive fights, this might be the game for you. Go check it out. Well, I've got something to outdo cutting giants' heads off, Matt. I've got an old-school... I, I don't know. I don't know, Yes, Eric. I that's, do. That's a tall order. <laughs> I sure do. Because if you're like me, you're an old person, and you've lived long enough to see FMV games in the past, and guess what? There's one on the Switch right now. Yes, indeed. It's called The Bunker, published by Wales Interactive, developed by Splendid Games. Currently out as of April 9th, it is a old-school FMV game. and Man, he's grew up in a bunker World War II, nuclear war, the whole thing hit. And he grew up inside this thing Fallout style and all sorts of weird paranoia, suspense, craziness took place. And he's one of the only survivors left. And you go through all live action format, investigating, picking up, looking at tokens, finding little pathways where to go. And then it tells the story of what happened to the people there and obviously what he's up to at this point. It's classified as a horror game. But it looks more kind of just like psychological, more than like monsters and creepy things going on. But mm -hmm. I won't say this is a fantastic game. I don't know for sure. But typically FMV games are not fantastic games. But they are. What are you talking about, they Eric? Are, They're they the goldmine of okay? classic gaming. <laughs> <laughs> they are fun and they are neat. And I think this is a rare opportunity for uh, younger folk and even all those of us who've seen them before to kind of dive back in and just get a little bit of that old F FMV feel 
It's real cool. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is where the game's all done like live. So it's with actors and actresses and like the real world. And then in the game, you're interacting with that environment. So it's not like graphics and, you know, pixels and all this other stuff. No, this is film used to then create a game. It's crazy. And it didn't ultimately ever work out. And it's strange that it's being brought back, but I'm not going to complain because it's pretty neat. Well, see, not too long ago, they had the, uh, was it Tex Murphy? Oh, I don't know. But those were fairly well acclaimed. It was on Steam. It was really good. <laughs> I enjoyed watching people play it, and it's been on my wish list forever. Well, see, there you go. Apparently, these games might be making a little comeback. If this kind of floats your boat, sounds like something you want to check out, I'd recommend The Bunker for Nintendo Switch. Otherwise, hey, enjoy your day. Up next, we got a game dropping again on the 10th of April. For Xbox One and PS4, this is Owl Boy, developed and published by D-Pad Studio. Now, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. You say this every damn episode. What are you talking about? That game's been out forever on PC and on the Switch. Well, now it's on the Xbox One and the PS4. If you don't know what Owl Boy is, I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap, a little bit of info in it, in the return of my very favorite IG2G segment. Spoiler alert, it's coming back. It's coming back. Awesome. Can't wait. Speaking of cool pixel art and fun little things going on, listen up. I got another awesome game for the Nintendo Switch that has hit as of April 10th, categorized as an adventure strategy, published by Focus Home Interactive, and developed by Past Tech Games. This is called Masters of Anima. This game looks like a mix between Pikmin, Diablo... And sheesh, who knows? It's sort of an over-the-top game, and you you take the uh, roles Mr. Otto, and you're in love with this chick who is the master of these anima, which are like these cool little, little like in, in it, they're not inanimate, they're like little, I don't know what you want to call them, they're little peoples, little tiny peoples, okay, Pikmin peoples. <laughs> That was that was terrible. I don't know what. To, what <laughs> <laughs> They're not inanimate objects. They're people. Well, that's, I know that's, what I'll call. You could call not them. be more. They had a they had a very there. specific name, but I'll just give them their generic name. The Guardians. All right. <laughs> As Otto, you're looking to save your woman who is the master of these little guardians, these little little mini things, creatures. And what they do, <laughs> would you stop, Matt? You're killing me. <laughs> these little mini people, and they roll around with you. No, they're things. Yeah. They're like a, like a, mm, like, a, like, a, like, a like a like a like a tiny like so a thing like a thing that you get the little pinchy motion. <laughs> uh, these little micro people. They look so cute, and they have bows and swords and shields, and you are controlling them and telling them what to do on the battlefield. And then they also solve puzzles. So, for example, you'll be up in this little area, and hey, guess what? There's this weird little switch you got to hit. You'll then use your, one of your archer ones to shoot it. It'll open it up, and then there's some rocks in the way so you can get some of your, your brute force guys to go in and push it out of the way. So you're going through the environment. You're solving puzzles using these little guys. And then, of course, the battles come with the enemies, and it teaches you along the way. It's really neat how it does so. You know, it's your one guy with a unique ability, and then you start learning how you might want to flank them. So you'll send part of your little guys around. You'll have your archers go ahead and start digging in at them. It's really cool. Kind of gives you that nice, you know, monster control overlord kind of does the same thing where you start getting more yeah, and more. Yeah. You can get like 100 of these little guardians at once going eventually over time. And then you're just controlling these huge battlefields, and you yourself also have skills and abilities, but uh, for the most part, your main job is just to coordinate what the Guardians are up to and doing, 
And of course, as the story progresses, you're trying to up your own abilities and become a master of the uh, the anima yourself, so that way you can save the uh, the chick you love, and of course, save the day, and everyone's happy. Really neat title, really nice graphics. It's got a real lush kind of like colorful environment scenario going. Uh, the the skill sets and the way you utilize the guardians looks fun. So something up your alley. I would recommend checking it out. I was definitely uh, interested in this one myself. And last, but certainly not least, it's here. It's finally here on the 17th of April. Developed and published by Sega exclusively for the PS4. It's, it's going to be in my hot little hands. It's already, I got the notification, it got shipped today as we're recording this. Yakuza 6, it's coming. It's going to be here. I'm going to talk about it more later in the episode. I'm already, as soon as I got that shipping notification, I sat back in my chair and went, Oh, yeah. Yep. Ah, and I rubbed my fat belly and I went, ah, and I, I snuggled my imaginary blanket over myself and I just went, oh yeah, I'm about to be home. I'm about to be at home with Yakuza. Yes. God bless, man. You're a psychopath. That's all right. Now let's roll into some topics. <laughs> Woohoo! Number five. First up on the list, I told you guys we were going to be talking about bombs, and boy, oh boy, have I got one for you. This is a wonderful little title for the Nintendo Switch, released April 11, 2018, published by Plugin Digital, developed by Mode 4. I'm talking about Bomb Slinger. So this title is a mix between Zelda and Bomberman. And what you do is you're an old cowboy western man. you got a beautiful family. You're living in the farmlands. And guess what? Some creepy bad guy comes in, blows up your house, kills your family, and you get P.O.'d. So you go down the little road, and then you come into these wonderful little screens, Bomberman style. And guess what? You use bombs to blow up the things, the rocks, the obstacles, and then you see the bad guys walking around. It is a Bomberman clone in that sense. Except in the Western times with Western cool music. It's got some hard rock, all sorts of cool little riffs and tunes going, depending on what you're fighting. All sorts of crazy bad guys and enemies. you got a chupacabra. You've got some goat, black goat with flaming horns. Looks like he might be the devil. Yeah, you got mm. some Mexican fighters. You've got all sorts of weird enemy types going on. But it's, it's a really goofy game. And in the way it incorporates Zelda which I thought was way cool, and I wish Bomberman would do this. Maybe some have. I'm not, like, in-depth on Bomberman. But instead of you just picking up the items as you're going, and then you use them for that particular level, then the next level you start over, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And this game, you get an inventory. And you can go to these little shops and, of course, collect items when you kill baddies as well, in which you can use these items and set them into slots in your uh, use inventory so you'll have different abilities for the entire time. Which is really, really cool. I love how the, the powers, they'll stay with you and then you can mix and match them to your, your play style and keep rolling. And if I have not mentioned, which I did not, it is a roguelike. So, of course, you got to go through. Oh, okay. If you die, hey, starting over, do it again. So, obviously, the game's not going to be like a billion hours long, but definitely a challenge. Because if you guys don't know, Bomberman and games like that are not easy. Stuff can get real mm -hmm. hectic, and you can kill yourself real fast, especially if you start picking up like the larger bomb abilities where they start going in all different directions, more than just a few oh, spots yeah. over. It's, it's nuts. This game is in that vein, so if you like that, like what you hear, this might be one for you. I liked it. I love Bomberman, so yeah, 
maybe pick it up. Get it on the cheap. Now, see, I will say I enjoy Bomberman not to a ridiculous degree, but I like the combination, at least from what I'm hearing, of cartoony graphics and humor and lightheartedness with the roguelike. Mm-hmm. Because if it's like a roguelike and it's just dark and brutal and blah, 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 well, if I just go and smash my head against the wall a few times, I'm just going to go home. But if it's funny, if the characters are goofy looking, if it's, you know, fun, then it encourages, you know, more playthroughs than I would normally give it. So that sounds pretty cool. Well, then you're in luck because that is exactly what it is. Lighthearted, goofiness, it's set in a dark tone, but perfect. Get it, man. Nice. Just get it. Number four. Next up, I promise to be back. It's the return of Matt's Indie Game Showcase. <laughs> and I promised it earlier also. So here's where I'm going to talk about Owlboy. Owlboy is a 16-bit kind of graphic style, like really lush looking though. I was watching some gameplay of it just before we started recording. And I almost feel like it transcends into almost that like 2D PlayStation era visuals in some in some senses because you get like the the wind blowing through and you get the beautiful clouds in the background and all that jazz but it's a 2d metroidvania style game where you're going around as you're the owl boy but you actually really suck which is kind of one of the cool things about this game is you can fly you can do like a little spin attack but like all the villagers hate you because you a can't talk and b you kind of suck and ruin everything But then as you're going through this Metroidvania-style world and everything, you're meeting up with all these other misfit characters who nobody else likes, but they have, like, one little ability. So basically what you do is you can fly and you can hold somebody, like, in your arms or with your feet or however it is you grab them. You can pick up your buddy, and then he's got his own specific ability that he can do while you're carrying him around. Like, one guy's got a little rapid-fire pistol. One person's got, I think, like a like a flamethrower or something. But you get all these other misfits together to save the world. And, you know, I won't go into how the story progresses or anything, but I really like the, the art, the music, and then just that kind of theme of, you know, you might be bad at stuff and he might be bad at stuff, but together... And with all your other buddies, you can kind of you know, form a team and do the right thing. Maybe become an owl boy of legend like you were supposed to be. So it looks pretty cool. I, I like the looks of it. I know you like the, you likes the looks I of it, too. I do like the looks of it, Matt. I do. Like you said, I like how they didn't stick with just 16-bit. They kind of went further and mm-hmm. did their own thing. So the, the color palette's much larger than what you'd see on a Super Nintendo, etc., and the graphics are a little mm-hmm. bit better and just a little bit, you know, different and and, and look good. And in, in the in the weirdest part is too is in different environments in the in different sections of the game, it kind of switches the graphical outlook and how it looks. So I mm-hmm. like how it just it does what it wants. It's not just like hey, you know, like and I'm not knocking any games that do this because I love those too. But you know, it's not hey, I'm a 16-bit game and I'm just gonna go by the rules here and do this. It's it's it's, it's right, in the middle right. ground. It does what it wants to, but gives that old old school feeling to it. And it's really got, like, unique character designs. That's one of the first things I noticed. That first guy with the little pistol that you pick up, he's got, like, these big nerdy glasses and this big, like, dopey head. And he looks, like, unique. He doesn't look like any character you've seen before. Same with the Owlboy, basically. I mean, they're character types and character designs you don't normally see. So it's eye-catching graphics and then eye-catching character designs that really kind of stick with you. Even in my brain right now, it's just... It's just it's stuck in there, and I want to play some more. It's popping out. I want to play it at all, actually. <laughs> I want to see more and play more and do stuff. I concur, good sir. And I think everybody else should give this one a shot, but I'm sure most people have because it's out for everything except for, of course, the Xbox One, PS4 2. There mm. you go. 
And speaking of giving things a shot, I'll give you a really quick, it's a double dose of Matt's Indie Game Showcase right now. A free game on Steam called Marie's Room. It's a narrative-based game all about these two girls, I think it's Kelsey and Marie, who something happened to them 20 years ago. And in this game, you're playing as Kelsey, and you're exploring Marie's room in the way that you remember it from 20 years ago. So you're picking up items, you're looking at them, you're commenting on them, you're commenting on what happened in the past, how it affected your friendship, good memories, bad memories. I mean, it's basically kind of like Gone Home, except the character has already lived through the events. It's not like you're trying to find out what happened. She knows what happens. It's you, the player, that's trying to figure it out. I believe this game, you can only play through this game in one sitting because there aren't any save games, but it only lasts about an hour. So if you want a narrative-based experience, if you want something a little melancholy, a little interesting, you know, it's kind of like a chill game while you figure out this mystery of what happened, even though the character knows, but you don't know. You know what I'm saying? But it's free. Why not give it a shot? This would be a really good way to see if you like narrative-based games because I keep saying it, it's free. Go download it on Steam right now and play it. Why not? Yeah, man. F-R-E-E, that spells moon. Zinger! Can't beat, f- <laughs> can't beat free 99. Uh, so yeah, there's my two-pack. Go get Owlboy. Go get Marie's Room. Have yourself a grand old time. Number three. So we got a big old godlike character coming out of retirement, Matt. And you know who I'm talking about. It's Kratos. So apparently, Boo. hey, apparently after Boo. killing every god and titan there is under the sun, he said, man, I am tired. I'm about to go relax. And he just wandered off into some mountainous, crazy region of the world, found himself a woman, had himself a boy, apparently, <laughs> and then thought it was over, right? Is that how that works, right? You go kill every god there is, and you just go hide in the mountains somewhere far away and have kids. And- I mean, based on Based on every single piece of media I've ever consumed, when you've done bad things and you go and like try to live a normal life, it always works out well for yeah. you. You're just like, yeah, I got a wife and kid now, and everything's great. Yep. Yeehaw. There's no repercussions for any of my actions. This is the way it goes. Okay. Happily ever after, the end. Well, unfortunately, I don't think that's the case, because guess what? What? I know. What a twist. Oh, man. Yeah, God of War is back, everybody. If you don't know, it's developed by Santa Monica Studios and published by Sony themselves. This is one of their big dog titles. It's been in retirement for quite a long time, but apparently the gods of some kind of land have caught up to Kratos. So the game starts off, if you want no spoilers whatsoever, I guess, don't listen anymore, but I'm going to tell you that I'm not saying anything that's not already just been said a billion times in the commercials and everything. The general consensus here, Kratos is living, hiding out. He has a new wife. He has a boy. The wife dies, says she wants her ashes buried on the top of the highest mountain over the land. So him and the boy go on an adventure to go spread the ashes of uh, the boy's mother. And along the way... Uh, life happens, bad things happen, gods and godlike creatures come out and start to stop Kratos and his son, and he deals with not only the monsters, but of course showing his boy the way to live and what to do, and the interactions that he has with keeping him alive and safe, and uh, of course killing lots more gods. Beyond that, I know a little bit more, but we won't say. All I know is it looks like a god of war, but with a kid involved. So it's less about Kratos just going bananas and just hitting everything and killing everything every second of the, you know, 
every second of the day. <laughs> Nothing says fatherhood like ripping out intestines, baby. Woo-hoo. <laughs> well, this is what we're made of, son. Now it's Ooh, funny yeah. you say that because in one like little thing, it's he's got this giant right, and he's ripping him up, and he's like, "Hey, you think you can kill him, Dad?" And I'm like, "Perfect. This is exactly <laughs> this is exactly terrible. what you teach your kids. Exactly." So, <laughs> any of those. Uh, the combat is a lot slower in this one. Instead of you running around chaining all sorts of crazy combos, the combat in this one's more grounded. Instead of just chaining combos, flying around, it's it's more of hit, hit, shield, block, parry, hit, hit, which I appreciate because I was never a big fan of the crazy combos he was doing in the past. That's true. I heard it was kind of like Dark Soulsy if it wanted to be actually be lenient and fun to play. I think that's one of the comparisons that I kept seeing on Twitter is, you know, it's got this, it's got this, it's got this, but like Dark Souls style combat, if it was forgiving and enjoyable, I guess is how people have been saying it. From the gameplay I watched, it did look fantastic. And I love the, the, the gravitas of it. It looked like it felt like when you went in there and did something, you felt it in the controller. You felt it in the game itself. And everybody, mm. and I'll just say it because everybody's been ranting about it, apparently you're using an axe in this one instead of the chaos chains. And whenever mm. you throw that sucker out, you can push the button and it'll come back to you again. Just like, of course, Thor's hammer. And when it does, it makes like a thud. Nice. And if you're listening, that's my kid in the back screaming and crying. So there you go, everybody. One of my munchkins is loose, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> If you've heard a thud in the background, that's Eric turning and taking a swipe. Uh, teaching a God of War style. Just, wow, no, that's not how we do it. So, in a nutshell, if you loved God of War before, you're going to love this one. But expect a more serious story to be told and a slower battle system. And, of course, as always, he's got skill trees you can go down. The boy has skill trees as well and armor, equipment you can wear. So if, you, if you're if you into building up your, your little, you know, your own Kratos, your special Kratos, you're going to get a chance to do so. Same with the boy. It actually looks pretty fun. I've never been a God of nope. War guy, but I'm going to say nope. there's a little part of me slipping here and wanting to nope. dabble into this one. Nope. <laughs> just nope just nope that's all i got nope no way i don't I'll, I'll believe it when i see it no well maybe i'll get it and i'll tell you all about it but anybody else out there this one's kind of a no-brainer i don't have to sell it to anybody if you like god of war you're gonna get this title hands down it's raving reviews everywhere it looks cool it's a beautiful gorgeous game some say it's even better looking than like horizon and uncharted so hey go get it Number two. Now, speaking of games, I don't need to tell you that you have to get a godlike characters coming out of retirement. It's time for Yakuza 6. Kazuma Kiryu is finally coming back in his last installment. This is the closing arc of his story. And from what I understand, the beginning intro in the prologue that I played via the demo version that came out, basically he's gone to jail for another three years. He's kind of, you know, he's going to try and put his life, his Yakuza life actually behind him. So he's going to serve his prison sentence and go home to the kids at the orphanage that he's, that he's continued and he's raising. But while he's in jail, and I think this was kind of an interesting thing, I guess at the end of Yakuza 5, uh, the girl Haruka, who you rescued in the very first Yakuza game, she's kind of become a pop idol. And then she says at the end of that game, all right, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go live 
with Kiryu and all the kids at the orphanage and just have a normal life and live with my family. And basically what happens during that prologue is when she does that and she's, you know, she gets these ties to Kiryu in the Yakuza. And so in every single paper, in every single magazine, it's all like, oh, here's the Yakuza princess at the little Yakuza house, blah, 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 blah. And I thought it was kind of a cool modern commentary on the way that tabloids and stuff work, you know, in the current day and age, how, you know, if you are tied to something, you can never get away with it. And you see that in the opening of this game. She kind of goes off to leave them so they're not stuck under this, you know, this umbrella of haggard publicity and stuff. So when Kiryu comes back, she's been gone for like two and a half of the years that he's been in prison. So he's going back to Kamurocho. He's got to figure out where Haruka is, what happened to her. Eventually, I won't spoil anything, even though it happens right at the beginning of the game. She has had a kid, and you have to take care of him at some point. And that just leads me right into the crazy Yakuza minigames. You got baby taking care of minigames. You got all the other stuff. You got karaoke. You got, like, darts. You got managing a baseball team somehow. That's the part I'm most excited about. You're running a cat cafe. You're recruiting cats to work at the cafe. All kinds of the crazy stuff. All kinds of crazy sub-stories. Side missions. Side quests. If you love Yakuza, you don't need me to tell you that. One of the new things about this game is they've overhauled the exploration and combat systems. Now there's not so much loading in between. It used to be before you'd run up to a group of thugs and they'd go, Hey, you, old man, what are you doing? And you have a little little dialogue between them. And then it would kind of like spin up and go, Ooh, thugs. And then you'd go into the fight mode. And you couldn't like go outside of a box on the street, basically, that you were in. But in this one, you run up and they're like, Hey, old man. And you're just like... You're in the combat right then. So it just, you know, it it freshens it up. It speeds up the pace. A lot of the interiors for buildings are just, you just walk right in the door and they load in. They don't, well, they don't load in. They're just loaded in with the rest of the world, which for a Yakuza, you know, veteran like me, it was kind of jarring at the first, the first time I saw it where I, I'm going to go in the convenience store and then you just, you're in there as opposed to places with like signs on the doors and you got to go up and load into a new area. You just push the door open and in you go it's just it's i don't know it's weird it's it's better obviously but it's just such a such a departure from the normal series but it is really cool combat system's been overhauled a little bit it's a little more silky smooth but at the same time it doesn't have that there's like a chunkiness or a blockiness to the yakuza combat that's gone but it's a lot more smooth like i said so things have been different things have been changed a little bit they're different in good ways and maybe it's just the old guy and me. I liked the old way, but the new ways are better. So I'll just have to get used to it. So of course, Yakuza has an amazing, hard-hitting, emotional story. This one is no different. And obviously, it wraps up Kiryu's story somehow. Maybe he gets to go home to the kids. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? I don't know. I'm excited to find out. The other really cool thing, one of the side missions is you are creating a clan of your own like ruffians, like the, the Kazuma Kiryu clan to, f- to battle against other clans. And one of the clans in the game is made up of all New Japan pro wrestling wrestlers. So you get to recruit to your own clan. I'm very excited about that. I want Kazuchika Okada watching my back out on the streets. That's going to be amazing. You know I'm excited about Yakuza 6. I'm excited. You should be excited. Everybody should get it. Just a million billion sales. Everybody buy it. Everybody buy it and play it. Everybody buy it. Eric buys a copy. You buy a copy. We all buy copies. That's right. I'm still on the fence. I'm still looking at it. I'm still waiting. I don't know. Part of me wants to give it a go. I know you got Danny involved, so I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. 
See, if Danny ever beats Yakuza 0, I'll lend that to you, because I think that's like the best entry to the series. It's the first one. It's the prequel to everything. Mm. And you can dip your toes in it for free. So why not? Maybe that'll be the way to go with it then. Give it a go for free. See if it's my style, and we'll go. Everybody else, Mm -hmm. hey, get some Yakuza in you. You're going to love it. That's right. Go out and buy the After Hours Premium Edition like me with an art book. It's got whiskey stones. It's got whiskey glasses in it with, with Kiryu's tattoo on the side. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. It's coming in the mail tomorrow. I can't wait. <laughs> I did a little flail so everybody who's not watching could see it. Yeah. You did a little flail, a little arm flail, a little psychopath flail. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Number one. So to wrap it up tonight, there's a little something I just wanted to talk about briefly, which I think is really cool. Something I didn't actually mm. know was taking place until just recently, and that is Ubisoft apparently does a program where they take some players, streamers, content creators every year, and then they fly them on out to L.A., to E3, and they show them the ropes. You know, They give them inside scoops, let them play the game, see the announcements of the big titles they're coming up with. And apparently what they generally theme it around is whatever the game it is that year that they're going to be focusing on and really doing something on, like Siege last year, and it was like The Division a couple years ago. And apparently this year, with obviously them saying that they're going to be talking hugely on Division 2 at this E3, once again they're coming into all those individuals, content creators, etc., like I just said, that have stuck with them this whole time, been there, rocking it out, having a good time in that game. And they're bringing them out to E3 to show them the ropes and have a good time. I think that is just a fantastic program. I think they call it the STARS program, mm-hmm. like I said. I think that's awesome because what that does is that gives players of your games and, of course, the content creators behind there, like, just this this goodwill feeling. Like, you know, they are paying attention to you. They are watching. Even if you don't get picked, you know what? That's still awesome because other content creators like yourself and, and other players who really dedicated themselves to this game and just praising and having a good time with it. And even if you're not praising it, as long as it's constructive criticism, but sticking with it, being in there, showing them that you're, you're appreciative of them, and then letting them have this opportunity, that's fantastic. I think all around good news bears. I'm wondering if everybody should do this, Matt. Everybody. I'm thinking 100% everybody should do this. Because, I mean, we've we've talked about Ubisoft before supporting their games, specifically Division and Rainbow Six Siege, the right way, with additional content drops, listening to player feedback, and giving people what they want. This is just another example of them doing absolutely the right thing. Because these are the people, especially with the Division and Rainbow Six Siege, these are the people who have kept these games alive and kept them you know, there for you to make the changes and improvements. So they, the players or the streamers and the content creators have helped you with your business. So you're taking your success from that business and giving it back to the content creators and treating them to, you know, a fantastic trip out to E3 and behind closed doors looks and all the sneaky poos and all the great stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just good business and it's a good way to build rapport with that community. Cause I mean, and I swear to God, if Ubisoft flew me out to L.A., I would love all their games forever. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I would cover all of their <laughs> games forever. You would respectfully cover all their material consistently because you're like, well, holy cow, you know, they, they do pay attention to me. They do like what I'm talking about. Or even if they're not happy with mm. what I'm talking about, they can respect that I love the game and I'm talking about it in either a good or bad sense to fix it, make it better, et cetera, et cetera. It just mm-hmm. gives the players and content creators like a 
more of a reason to love that company. You know what I mean? And I think that's awesome. Yeah, it yeah. creates a mutual little relationship in which there's a back and forth. Bungie sometimes does stuff like that too. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm sure there's other companies, but I'm not in the ear of every single developer or publisher out there. I'm sure Blizzard does stuff like that. Oh, you have to have yeah. like Blizz Pro. I people, there's got to right? be Blizzards doing it too, yeah. But you know, some of the publishers, developers out there are rocking it out and really just having that back and forth with the people who love them and play their games on on an all the time basis. And I think mm. it's just a smart move. And I, I hope to see more developers, more publishers get on board with this kind of thing. Not obviously to you know help me, you know. Say, hey, <laughs> Well, I think it's I think it's another indication of the the changing landscape of the video game world we live in, where people who do stream or create videos or do podcasts or whatever, they are influential to some degree at least. They get your game out there. They have people put their eyes on it, and they have a chance to influence sales of your game. So, anytime you have a chance to do something nice for them, it does something nice for you. Like, we're, we're both washing each other's hands here. So, I, I agree. It's just, a, it's just a good... Maybe not every company should do something well, this that extreme, extreme, but, no. you know, anytime you can scratch their back, they're going to scratch yours in return, and it's good business for everybody involved. I love yeah, it. Yeah, basically, in a nutshell, I just... I think that every publisher developer out there should really take a Take a look at those who are supporting them. Get in there, you know, Mikasa, Sukasa, that kind of thing. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's really neat. Definitely makes me go, wow, you know, that's that's just freaking cool. And you definitely for those of you who are covering that kind of content, you know, why would you ever not do it? Because they're over here just, you know, patting you on the back, giving you high fives for helping out and, and sticking with them. And pretty neat. Just something I, I noticed and we thought was pretty cool and wanted to just throw out there because... I don't know why not everybody's on board because it's crazy town. (laughs) And I will say one last point is, you know, even for fans of those content creators, because they have their own fan base, if you tell your fans that this company is doing something really good for you and really nice for you and treating you really well, that's going to get filtered down to your fans. They're going to have a better impression of that company in their mind. So when they see, hey, look, it's a new Ubisoft game. Oh, man, those guys are awesome. Hey, it's a new, should I get this Ubisoft game or this EA game? Oh, EA sucks and is mean and is horrible. Well, but I know Ubisoft treats the people right. Even though I'm not one of those people, I'm going to be more inclined to get that Ubisoft product than that EA product or that or, or Brand X over here or mm. whatever it is. So, yeah, it, it's awesome. I want to see more of it. Even if it's not me, you know, I just want to see people getting treated right for being those diehard fans and uh, getting to do all the cool stuff. So, like we said, 100% good things and uh, keep it yeah. up. And lastly, hey, we like that idea. But you know what? Do you, boys and girls, like that idea? Send us some mailbag questions or statements, et cetera. Get on there. Do you think that uh, developers, publishers should be out there, you know, hooking up the people content creators or big time players or should it be a hey we don't talk to you you do your thing we do our thing so that way there's no uh buying in or anything going on like that any kind of the negative uh stuff that can go along with that i don't know i see both sides of it but of course being on one side Mm -hmm. i definitely would love the other (laughs) so let us know what you think (laughs) yes definitely let us know what you think hey you can do that in the imposters wrap-up coming up right now 
So as we said, send us your feedback, send us any comments, concerns, questions, topics you want us to talk about, or if you just want to say hi, you can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me, tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And we do have a wonderful Patreon set up. If you like what you hear, please consider heading over there and throwing a buck in, five bucks in, a thousand bucks in, anything and everything would be most appreciated. We treat it like a tip jar. Hey, and if you have no money, that's fine too, because money's important. You can't do anything without it. I understand. You could also give us feedback, as Matt has said and I have said. Uh, thumbs ups, likes, five-star ratings, all those good things do help us immensely, and we appreciate any and all feedback we get. And, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 1st of May. Mayday! 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 For our very next episode. And you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. As Eric always says, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed, Matt. And with that, hey, man, I say... <clears throat> Mm, don't forget to save